meditation. 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 Depending on the quality of my You know, there's good days and bad days. I mean, I feel like the waterfall of thoughts. Every now and then, a nice, calm. I can't think of anything. This is Meditation in the City. The Shambhala New York Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Genuineness, Overcoming Our Personal Fake News. Genuineness is being able to experience and express the truth of reality without getting caught in fake news arising from habitual storylines about ourselves and others. Meditation is training in genuineness, learning to simply and gently be with our body, senses, and thoughts without manipulation, moment to moment. The power of practicing in this way opens up the possibility of having confidence in our own wisdom and communicating directly from the heart. In this episode, we will contemplate genuineness and deception, practice meditation, and explore the power of direct perception. This episode will begin with a guided meditation as a practice of genuineness. Today we are joined by Eve Rosenthal. Eve Rosenthal has been a senior teacher in Shambhala for many years. Currently residing in Nova Scotia with her spouse, Basia, she is originally from New York City and was resident director of Shambhala training in the mid-1980s. Founder of Shambhala Online, she has worked in the technology sector on Wall Street and as a university professor. She is a longtime practitioner and instructor of Tai Chi Chuan and enjoys playing the piano. Here's Eve to take away the discussion. I'd like to start with um, the meditation practice, which is a practice of genuineness. And it's something that we can um, uh, learn so that we can be uh, we can practice so that we can be natural and really look at the truth of situations from moment to moment and be with ourselves from moment to moment. And, um, and I know that some of you might be newer to meditation and some of you might be, I know, quite experienced in meditation, but uh, I've been basically doing the same practice for decades. And so that's what I'll describe um, this evening because it keeps, uh, while it's uh, familiar, uh, might be a familiar practice, it's always fresh. And so we, we can practice a little bit now together. And the first thing, is um, when we do something online, the, the technology is very um, in the forefront. You know, we've had to get all of that together and, and it's in, in front of us. And now what we can do is just let that be more into the background, just that we have a sense of our environment and the technology is included, but it doesn't have to be um, 
the predominant thing so that our eyes are being drawn into the technology. We can soften our eyes. So it's part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And we also take a, a, a natural upright posture for a human, which is um, this upright posture is not stiff, but it's also not slumpy. And so you want the energy to be able to flow freely in your body. And so whatever, so we adjust our um, neck and head and, and how our pelvis so that the energy can actually flow up and down and around. So you can, and there's many details about posture, but I think you can just feel whether the energy is locked or more free. And the eyes are soft, the ears are soft, meaning that we're not specifically focused on any one thing, but, but the, our sense gates are open. And we can just see what's there. It is a Tuesday night. <laughs> you might have been having a busy day. And so when we look at what's there, we might be, uh, have a very busy mind, lots of thoughts, or we can be really tired. And just let yourself feel what it is that you have. Just notice what's happening in our body. And in the environment, the thoughts in our mind. And we're not doing anything with it. Let it, let the mind think for a few moments here. Notice some sensations in your body. Maybe some colors and sounds. And we're going to do um, mindfulness and awareness practice.
And this is training in being present with our experience in a clean way. Meaning that we're just gonna let it be. And our awareness is like a big sky. And when we look up in the sky, we see clouds and weather. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's cloudy. And our awareness is detecting sensations in the body, input from our senses, sounds, colors, thoughts, emotions, which are a combination of thoughts and body sensations. And all of that is accommodated by big sky mind. And the mindfulness aspect is that we notice different occurrences. Sometimes one thing is more predominant, sometimes another, sometimes a few things together. And one sensation that's always occurring is our body breathing, the breath coming into the body and then the breath leaving the body. And the breath is always happening right now. So it's a way to stay in the present. Our attention on the breathing is not too strong, it's light.
And besides the breathing, what else is there? What else is present for you now? And at some point, you might realize that you've become detached from your present experience and you're not taking in any fresh data. You've become absorbed in uh, a story. And that's part of the meditation. That's what humans do, we think about things. And when we meditate, it's good to set our intention that we're training and being genuine, being present. And so the interesting point is when you notice that you're absorbed, it means the story has been interrupted. And the interesting point is now you have a choice. can make the choice to come back to your, uh, some fresh experience. Who are you now? Or you can stay with the story. And so we're alternating between story and present experience. And breathing can be a reference point for the present experience.
we have big sky mind, different things occurring. You can see what happens naturally. Sometimes we're here and sometimes we're absorbed somewhere else.
Come back to the sky and notice what's there. Forgot my little bell. <laughs> and so you can raise your gaze. And let's just pause here for a moment and see if anyone would like to ask something or share. Did you notice the back and forth <laughs> between story and fresh experience? Or any question you have about meditation? I, I just want to add how the story takes over my whole entire day. <laughs> <laughs> and like the story ended by joining this practice, you know, a practice I'm not familiar with, you know, but I do know it did work. And the story is what happens tomorrow. The story is what happened yesterday. Um, I know that people talk about this a lot, but I really can reference that from literally yesterday. Um, I just got hired in a new job, so I'm supposed to start next month. So I'm thinking, <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? You know, I'm preparing myself and trying to get myself uh, ready for this new step in my career. But it's riveted so much fear inside of me just by that thought, you know. And I think uh, this type of practice immediately gets me off of these useless thoughts, actually. Um, uh, sabotaging me really so uh, obviously my mind kept going back and forth while we were doing this but uh, I definitely could acknowledge the point where I felt I was just you know not thinking well that's uh, yeah those are really excellent observations and it's sort of like what we're when you use the term those thoughts were sabotaging you are sabotaging you and it was nice to have have a break from that they're not that they're not that useful and the um that's what um is actually the topic tonight is about how we work with that 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 saboteur is the fake news <laughs> that there's some kind of story that we're telling ourselves and it, it's actually not that helpful and it, it doesn't actually help you be genuine and do do a better job necessarily and so 
that's why I find meditation so helpful because you actually train in recognizing that you're having a story and then having a choice about whether you're going to take in more fresh data and actually see what's there and respond to the actual thing that's going on or are you absorbed in the fake news and and um which isn't all that uh, useful so that's, that's a great observation i mean that's that's the point it, it's so interesting because it, it is really training in being able to discern in doing meditation between when you're absorbed in a story and then you become separated from what's going on. And um, it's very hard to respond in a, in a genuine way. You're responding out of your story, which is not necessarily true. Any other comment about the meditation? No. Anything you noticed? I really liked how you talked about um, checking the weather. I don't know if that was your exact language, but you almost said, look, take this one sensation and look at it as though it's a cloud in the sky. And it mm -hmm. just gave me this instant sense of perspective, which makes me think a lot about what you were just talking about with fake news. Sometimes I would get so into the story and um, just doing the practice right now helped me see how today's story was living on. Just in the other thing about weather is that if there is a cloud, it's going to always, it's going to be passing because weather's always changing. Um, so that was just a really helpful reminder. Yeah, that's one of my favorite analogies is the sky and the clouds, because you can't hold on to the clouds. And, you know, you can hold on to your story for a whole day, <laughs> as, as Johnny was mentioning, or a whole lifetime, mm. frankly. But, um, but then when you do meditation and you actually recognize that you have a, a choice, you know, like it gets interrupted. And then you feel, oh, I have to, I have to stay with it because that's who I am. But actually, that's that's the temporary stuff, and you're you're more the sky than you are any particular cloud. So, meditation actually shows you that that you have you have that choice to take a fresh start. I mean, it's, it's as simple as um, in day-to-day -day life, as simple as just looking up and just looking at your environment and seeing what colors and shapes and sounds you hear. And that could actually break through a storyline. I have something I could share. Yeah. Um, for me, the more we meditated, the more I started to feel comfortable 
in my environment. And I started to notice that before the meditation session, my experience of environment was a bit sort of flat, like two-dimensional. And the more we practiced, the more I realized there's a lot of space and depth just in this small room. And then there's this view out the window. And I started to feel more comfortable in that space. And um, it, it made quite an impression because <laughs> usually you think uh, meditation is like, I'm gonna label my thoughts or stay with the breath. But this to me felt like being comfortable in space. And um, sort of my next thought, and maybe this is kind of a question, but I would say uh, over the past year working remotely at home, it's really been a challenge to work on the screen so much and without my coworkers physically there for real uh, exchange. And I find that over the past year, it's been easier to fall for the stories of work, you know, like uh, could be, oh, there's this drama or this was wrong, oh, how bad. And um, there's so many days I go to work and I think, okay, today I'm gonna be meditative or uh, today I'm not <laughs> gonna fall for the story. And then you know, just a couple hours later, you know, the story sneaks in and there's that loss of, of space. It's almost like my face is like right against the, the email inbox or something. So there's this feeling of like, no matter how many times I plan or aspire to um, keep this space during work, it's actually really hard to do. It's much easier to do here. <laughs> so I was curious, uh, Eve, if you had any comments about trying to carry over this type of space into the work environment. And I think you sort of answered it for me a little, like there's like some space around the screen, you know, you don't have to like totally stare at the screen. Um, I don't know, that's just kind of my struggle, my work struggle. Well, I have found, you know, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, this is such a weird time because you know, humans are herd animals, <laughs> and, you know, and then you have, you might your story about someone at work or something like that. And then you see them and it's, you know, it might dispel it or, you know, you have somewhere to go with it. But so everyone is like in their little realm and it can be actually quite isolating and disorienting. And, and so, I know for myself, like it actually takes um, a little bit of uh, bravery to actually feel how how weird it is right now, <laughs> and and how maybe sad or heavy-hearted or you know, like to actually be able to say who are you right now is you know, you might not like what you find, you know, you might think, oh, I'm, you know, a happy person. And then you find that you're full of sadness or, or, you know, low or 
heavy hearted or something like that. And, but then there's the story about that. And then one isn't taking in any fresh data when you get absorbed in the story. And so the thing that's helpful about meditation is that you get to discern between when you're in some kind of fossilized story or whether you're experiencing a color or a sound or a present experience. And so, so then you don't, you know, it's not like you want to be meditative necessarily, but what, what that actually means is that you can tell the difference between when you're present and when you're stuck in your story. And then you could have the aspiration to, to make a fresh start and actually let your mind go to the sky and see what else you have there. And um, <laughs> uh, and then what happens, so, you know, there's the fake news where you make up a whole story that, you know, is probably not, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with reality. Like I'm no good or you know, whatever, you know, nothing good ever happens for me. <laughs> that could be, that could be fake news. And then, but you also have what's known as spin. And, uh, and so there's something, there's a seed of something that's um, happens and then you spin it so that your view is um, confirmed. So like you wanna think, like maybe you wanna think well of yourself. So then you tell a story and you embellish it in such a way so that you come out looking a little bit better in the story and maybe somebody comes out looking a little bit worse. <laughs> and, and so you put your spin on it. And then the other thing that another way that we can have a, a story is, is uh, old news that we have, um, we're operating out of habit. We're responding to things out of habit. And that could be like, and that's so, you know, that is actually a very profound um, thing because often that, you know, our biases, our, our habitual biases are so um, deep. They can be ancestral, they can be generational, they can be, um, you know, they're personal habits, but then we can have habits, you know, like we see someone walking down the street toward us and immediately we have a judgment about them. And we don't know who they are. They could be, it's because they're tall or they're short or they're fat or they're thin or they, they're the color of their skin or how old they are or something like that. And you've got a whole, a whole story about that person and maybe you're magnetized or maybe you're fearful and it has really nothing to do with that person. And, and so it's, it's interesting. There's been a lot of exploration about 
the old news stories and they're so deep. They're sort of in the fabric of our society too. And, and also our personal thing, our ancestral habit, our clan, you know, and what we find acceptable and not acceptable. And so there's all kinds of stories that, um, that we can fall into. And, and so it doesn't really matter which one it is, either what happens is that you're not taking in fresh data. And so we don't have experience, we're not relying on our, our fresh experience, but we're staying with our habit or our, well, it could be you know, totally fake news or our spin. And all of those things are cutting us off from uh, what's actually happening in front of us. And, and so it's not something that we you know, can beat ourselves up about, but just to notice when we've gotten into the story. And then just like in meditation, we have a choice. We can look up and go to the sky and see what's there. And you know, I, was, uh, I went for a walk today and I was thinking about this talk and uh, you know, I was absorbed in my story. <laughs> and there was a woodpecker. And uh, for a moment, it reminded me to look up and I was, I was grateful to the to nature. And so, um, so one thing I want to talk about is, you know, so, so that's the story part. So I, I want to talk about the uh, genuine part a little bit. And um, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, we have, we can have a fresh experience and then we might have a, a, a response, a reaction to it. So let's say we have fear and that's actually, you know, fear is trying to help us keep safe or, and we might see something and we're very pleased by it and we're very magnetized by it. And we might have a story about, oh yes, I, you know, I wanna be nearer that person. But then uh, it could be that if we keep getting fresh uh, input, maybe the fear is dispelled and we realize that we don't have something to be afraid of. Or maybe we engage with that person that we were magnetized to and we realize mm, it's not as interesting as we thought it would be. And so we're just noticing, it's not like, you know, we have, we're taking in data, having a fresh experience. We might think it's one way and then we just keep, keep opening up and seeing the impact that we're having, the impact the situation is having on us and we keep checking. 
And the one thing that I wanted to talk about is when I talk about noticing what's happening, like taking in data, I have found that a big um, clue for me about um, uh, what's, what's really happening is the reaction that my body is having. And that's really important information. And, and it doesn't, um, like sometimes we feel lighter and sometimes we feel heavier when we have an experience. And that's actually sparking our wisdom that it's really giving us important information. And it, it really can, uh, I was thinking of a, a situation I had where I was talking to this person and they were, I think in, you know, kind of a business person with that, usually the kind of person who usually gets their way <laughs> and was a very intimidating um, person. And, and was actually trying to uh, bully me into their point of view. And so I thought, well, maybe that's, you know, okay in, in a business situation, but in the, in the social situation, it was not, it was quite unpleasant. And I actually, it, it was interesting because the story I could have told myself about this person was that they, you know, they're just kind of a jackass and, and, you know, and just sort of remove myself from, you know, sort of give up on, on that conversation. I'm not going to get anywhere with this, with this person. But actually what happened was that I started feeling a knot in my stomach because I, you know, it's just naturally what was happening. This person was kind of talking, you know, being very strong and bullying. And then I was feeling this knot. And so finally the, the person says, well, so what's your response? I'm like, what do you think? You know, to trying to get me to go along with that. And I said, well, I'd, I'd really like to have this conversation, but you have to give me a minute. I need to deal with the, the knot that I'm feeling in my stomach. <laughs> And it was actually interesting because I don't think this person was really uh, aware of the impact that he had on people when he, uh, you know, was being so um, bullying. And what happened was that uh, he actually backed off for a minute. And, and then when we resumed it was actually a conversation. You know, we took turns talking and listening. <laughs> and I don't remember what we were talking about, but just the um, fact that I trusted that knot in my stomach actually transformed the situation and um, was able to uh, work with it a little bit more. And, um, Another example is, again, somebody who was um, 
sitting at a, remember when we used to go to restaurants and we sit at a table with other people? Anyway, I was thinking about that and sitting at a, in a restaurant with a group of people and then somebody's, you know, we're just having sort of an innocuous chatty conversation and then a, and something set this person off and they went into a, sort of a political rant. And, and so what do you do with that? And everybody, I could see at the table with this withdrawing deeply into the, <laughs> themselves and separating themselves from, from this, this person. And you know, of course there was no reasoning with the person. And, and so it was interesting. That was an interesting moment for me because my instinct again was to uh, you know, separate myself and, and just withdraw, just like that was everyone's natural instinct. And luckily I had been practicing meditation for many decades. <laughs> so it took all my um, wherewithal to stay with that situation a little bit and let myself feel this person instead of just what my habitual response would have been to withdraw. And, and I stayed there and I felt, I don't know, I felt something that he, he had fear. And I just said something like, oh, you must be afraid for the safety of your children. You know, I don't know what it was that he was ranting about, but it was sort of, you know, uh, he was afraid and I could feel that. And so then uh, he actually felt like somebody heard him and he really was seeing everybody's reaction and he was looking for an out as well. And he said, yes, yes, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. And then we were able to, you know, go back and chat at dinner again. And so it, it's sort of like being able to take in fresh data, even at that, at that moment that the habit is trying to pull you in a different direction. But I'd like to give one more example because it's more than, uh, there's some magic that can happen where, and you know, and I think in the examples I gave is something softened in me, the, my heart kind of opened to um, these people. But I think that there was one, uh, one example that really has stayed with me my whole life. And that was an experience I had with my mother and she was, she's been gone many decades now, but uh, we were having this conversation and she was, um, had lost her husband in her forties. And a few years later, she had a terrible diagnosis. And I was there having a conversation with her. And suddenly I could feel her not as my mother, but as a woman 
who had a life journey. And, and at the same moment, I felt she could see me as a young woman with a very different life journey. And we both were curious about that. And, and so we both were able to have a sort of a direct perception of one another. And usually it's only one side or the other that has that, but this time we both had that perception at the same time where like I could feel the space open up and I can remember all the furniture and all the colors in the room and, and everything. And she could too. And it really ch changed the trajectory of our relationship for the rest of her life. And actually even now, you know, I feel like something really truthful could happen between us instead of the story of who she was and the mother thing and who I was and the daughter thing. And so that was a really beautiful experience. And I think the main thing that happened is that our hearts opened. And when I saw the woodpecker, my heart opened. And so it's sort of like when you let your, the story go, you can relate from your heart. And I think that's the genuine, that's the true genuineness. So maybe um, you can reflect on your own experience and what is the impact that it, that on um, your interactions when you're relating out of habit or fake news or when you're relating uh, with a direct experience of the situation. Maybe somebody would like to share anything or have a comment on anything they've heard. Uh, I'd like to mention, I'm writing notes down. <laughs> I, I like when you mentioned about how the, how the heart opens when the story stops. And you said that open heart actually solidified like a new trajectory in your relationship with your mother. I thought that was profound, what you said. Um, and that this happens through your continual practice of meditation, I must say, or your continual, uh, I don't know whether it's a reach towards balance or a challenge towards the story that continually reappears in your daily life. Or weekly, maybe it doesn't happen for you every day. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, the, the whole thing of having an open heart and how that can have a profound change in your life. And in that case, you had an open heart in just that one moment that radically changed your relationship with your mother. So I thought that was and, and it wasn't like anything that I, you know, I wasn't trying to neither of us were trying to do anything. Um, although the situation was very intense because she was 
she did have her terrible diagnosis by then. So we had to, <laughs> we had to get real sooner rather than later. But I, I, I think that, you know, sometimes that never happens no matter what the situation is. But there was something, it wasn't like the heart opened and, and, and then something happened. I think what happened was that we were just there with each other and could see sort of with fresh eyes. And then, then automatically the heart opens. You know, it, it's not like you try to have an open heart. It's just like all you could do is just take in fresh, um, your experience freshly. And that will, that is often the result that you let yourself be there. And when you're um, genuine, your heart will open. And it's just sort of something, something happens. It's sort of like magic. I don't, it was a magical moment. And, but it was also magical that I didn't <laughs> get into an argument with those people either. <laughs> and I was able to respond in a different way with the business person and the political rant. <laughs> I'd like to say something. Um, hi, Haif. Hi, everyone. Um, you know, when you asked about responding with habits and, um, you know, in my experience, it's like the habits are such a kind of, there's such, there's so much going on there. Like you, you mentioned uh, quite a few elements actually. Like, the sort of percept, the way I perceive in certain moments has a lot to do with so much, you know, like I was just had this interaction with a friend and I was perceiving, I was kind of bouncing off some of her behavior, which I wasn't satisfying to me. And, but when I recognized, well, why was it not satisfying? Because it was, something really old in me that um, she was kind of tapping into inadvertently. She was just being herself, right? And, but I was perceiving it as kind of a rejection or something. I don't want to go into the whole story. It was just an interaction. She's a good friend of mine. Her boundaries were so strong that it tipped off something in me feeling like, so I just tried to live with my own responses and not admit too much, you know, <laughs> not, <laughs> I just wanted to like hang out because I had a really strong response. I wanted to hang out in my own experience. And it was painful, like what it was bringing up in me. So I got some insight into that, but what I'm trying to say is it was, it was really old. It felt really, really old. Like it had something to do with just my whole karma, kind of, my whole. Later, we got a chance to talk. And at first it didn't go very well because it was pretty heated, but 
she said a few things that really stopped me in my tracks because I could see that she was also in pain. And um, I, I wouldn't have seen it from her perspective had she not um, communicated with me. And I was willing to kind of get it, you know, and I've been really thinking about what she said since, you know, so that's good. That's good. That felt like there was an opening there. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that sort of my perception and her perception, like we were really in different worlds, you know. Now, would I, could I say that was fake news? I can't really call it fake news because it felt like it was really, there was something real for me that I, you know, I wish I hadn't taken it personally and then it hadn't, and then I hadn't been so sensitive and all of that, but I also recognize it as something that I need to really get in touch with. It was, it's, I don't know if I'm making any sense at all. I get in touch with and kind of honor in a way and learn to maybe not give, I hope that it lightens up. That's what I'm trying to say. I hope by being willing to spend time with it, it can really dissipate. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, the, th the word that came to mind was um, maintaining some kind of curiosity about um, uh, about what's happening with you, but also what's happening with your your friend. Because you know, you mentioned it's sort of old thing, and it's an old friend, and all of that. And I mean, it, also, yeah. it happens like with you know like no matter how much you might, you know, love your partner or, you know, something like that. It's sort of like, you don't really need to listen to the whole end of the story because, you know, you've heard the story before or whatever, but actually it, <laughs> it really doesn't give a lot of chance for that person, you know, to maybe express something a little bit differently. And, you know, so just curious or, you know, some kind of inquiry you know, with them about what's happening with them. And you can do an inquiry for yourself too about, so mm -hmm. what, it, what is this? And, you know, but also with them rather than, because it sounds like you were, you both had points of view and, you know, mm -hmm. and you maybe made assumptions about hers and assumptions about yours instead of some kind of curiosity. And so it's really interesting uh, talking about fresh experience to actually see if that's actually how she was feeling about something, you know, and actually asking about around the edges of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the whole thing kind of came around to much more openness and communication, but we both had to go through our whatever, our sort of fixed uh, stance for a while. Well, that, we, that I... Whether we had to or not, we did, but it did, it did open up, I will, I will say that. Well, I think that that's, <laughs> you know, I think it comes down to motivation. You wanted to get through that somehow. And so then you had another conversation and, you know, recognized all of that. And so there was some curiosity to maintain yeah. that, you know, and so, it's sort of like, uh, you know, what do you want for the relationship? It could be very motivating, 
and how you respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I also want to say one other thing about the meditation practice, I found it hugely refreshing, actually. I was in a really tired sort of, um, uh, I just felt drained when I got here. And uh, by the time we were done, I felt I had fluffed up a lot. <laughs> so um, thank you for that. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, we, it, we can be tired. And then actually, if we let ourselves feel tired, you know, like, so where is that? Oh, my head is like, you know, and you're feeling like, your head is full of stuffing or something like that or you know and you actually let yourself feel that for a few minutes and you can actually go through it rather yeah. than trying to hold it off yeah. and and so the only way out is through always <laughs> so yeah meditation can be fluffy <laughs> sometimes you just fall asleep that's okay you know <laughs> so has um does anyone have anything they'd like to share about their own experience of um reacting from um from habit or, or reacting from, or having direct perception, and anyone have an example? What the impact on you was, or the situation? I I could share something. This was a story kind of a bit similar to hopes of um, um, a friend who who betrayed me. Um, and I think because, you know, I mean, usually a betrayal is a big deal in your life. So anytime, you know, you, you end up going back to like past betrayals and going, oh, it's just like that, time, you know, and um, so this was a quite a quite an old friendship of when I somebody I met when I first got to Newfoundland and we have a group of friends and so the friendships are 30 and 40 years old and um, this this affected the whole group of friends and um, I ha I had to really work through it and so there was a lot of storyline because I was delving into my past. And at the same time, something really had occurred, like I really had been betrayed and, you know, all my friends didn't know what to do because they also felt I had been betrayed. And um, it took a, a long time to, um, to figure out what to do. Um, I'd say at least sort of almost six months of just like working through it and writing and but it was really the feeling in my body that in the end made me have to do something because I, I couldn't go on with that, that heaviness. It wasn't something that I could put aside. And so um, 
I was also, uh, so was that a Shambhala, a Shambhala program in one of our uh, Dharma dialogue things? Um, forget what program it was, but it might have been Wisdom in Everyday Life or something where we were um, sharing something we planned to do afterwards. And I said, I'm going to contact this friend and tell her when I get back from my trip next month that I would like to meet with her. And, and I, I had to sort of ease myself into it. Anyway, we did meet when I came back from the trip and um, it, you know, we didn't, we didn't resolve everything. We just kind of agreed that this had happened. We were both sorry. Um, our friendship had changed, but we still had a great love for each other. And, uh, and it allowed also the, the, the larger friendship group to begin to function again because it had been very damaged by this. And so this is about two years later, maybe no, but a year, it's, what is, this is 2021. So this would be uh, about two years from the time that I, I got in touch with her and we sorted it out. And um, I mean, it's a work in progress, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that I over, really overcame my sort of like both the fear and also the sort of like, um, you know, what, what is it? It's not like, it's not really fake news because something really happened, but there is this like old history that you're like, no, I can't, I need to, I need to have a new way of dealing with this. I can't just, just go around holding a grudge or whatever. And besides it's a small town. And um, <laughs> so it, it, you know, if anyway, so that's my story of, um, that it, it sort of, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that your news has to be fake, <laughs> you know, like right. it could be real too, but it still, it still means you have to work through it. Well, well I think I some of the interest, interest um, um, I think I you think need, you need uh, to mute. mute. I, uh, one of the uh, interesting things that um, I noted, you know, when you were telling your story is that your um, body was saying you had to do something to because you couldn't carry that around and so i'm curious how does your body feel now that you were um were able to work through your fear and actually speak to you know not carry the grudge well it doesn't carry that particular <laughs> burden around anyway so that's good <laughs> Uh, and also, um, I would say that the um, the experience of doing it was good for helping me work through some other, you know, sort of difficult um, situations in my in my family, um, where it was like you just can't go around feeling bad about this. It, you know, you have to sort of grapple with it. Yeah, it does. It does take uh, some bravery because you don't really don't know how it will feel, but you can be motivated because you know what you feel like now, you would like it to, <laughs> to move. So it's worth taking the, the chance because you can't make that feeling go away. That's the thing, we think we can cover it up, but nothing really works. <laughs>
there anything else anyone has to share or um, so this whole fake news thing I, I just want to say is you know um, just to clarify the fake news thing was a sort of a clever title but actually um, you know the idea is that the more subtle things are the habits that are so ingrained and you know our implicit biases and all of those things are are also storylines that we might not even be aware of that um you know so the old news and then there's also the spin to manipulate the story a little bit. So something actually did happen, but then there's all the spin that we make. And then there's, you know, the complete fake news, which is just, you know, telling yourself something that really doesn't apply, not applicable at all. <laughs> so, so um, there's different gradations of different types of stories. And then there's uh, the experience, just direct perception and then the heart can just open. It's by magic. <laughs> and it can happen in small glimpses, the woodpecker or the songbird or the seeing the child or you know and you just sit right there just for a moment and so I have found just just to say that um, it actually takes some courage to do meditation when you're not feeling that great and let yourself actually feel the impact on your body and your mind and just be, that's who you are right now. Somebody who isn't feeling that great and it might not be the idea that you'd like to have of yourself, but you know, or that you don't want, you don't want to be sad, but you are. And um, so that's how we become, that's how we display our courage, just by letting ourselves feel who we are moment to moment. That's, that's genuineness. So does anyone have anything else they'd like to share? Hi, everyone from the middle of Saskatchewan. Um, I teach uh, upper Canadians from Halifax to Saskatchewan. Um, so the one thing I wrote down when um, you talked about 
old storylines and it it hits me when I say oh well let's hit the cushion my first thought in my back of my head is my dad's voice that says who do you think you are mm -hmm. and it just comes at me every once in a while like I've I've moved past it I think and then it it's there again and I'm thinking who do I think I am that I deserve to sit that I deserve to take time and let myself be genuine let myself be who I was before um before I was affected by people who said no you're not that good you're not good at math let's take that um so breaking off and through those layers and um looking at looking at what that is and not running away from it and saying okay well I don't even have so that's what I thought of and one of the reasons I chose my third career now which is teaching um, I looked at how actually smart I am and I'm not saying that to brag but you know someone told me oh you'll never do well in math grade nine grade ten I was so ashamed that I couldn't do that and then I did university math and I thought, yeah, you know, but it took me a while. Some people can just whiz through it when they're 18, 19. And I went back to it later and I just felt so good about that. And I thought, you know what, this is, this is so great. I'm, I'm working with eight and nine year old and 10 year old students. And I just, I just have this fresh sense every moment that they may not have this now, but just walking with them saying, you know, to myself, I know what this is, and it's not on paper, let's do it a different way. And I, um, I won't even call it breakthrough moments, but it just, it just feels like every moment, there's a chance to, um, to, um, to have another chance, I guess it is. And, you know, I think they get really bored with me because I'm, I'm a math and geography person. So we do a lot of math and geography. Um, but we, you know, we have the greatest laughs when I, when I have the big picture of what, what we need to get, but I open it up to what, you know, what we're doing in that moment. And if they want to laugh and draw pizza, instead of doing you know two parts out of four that's what we do and um that's that's what that's what gives me you know that's what feeds me every day is you know bringing bringing their joy and my joy together um and seeing new generations of people that are going to feel feel good about themselves i hope that's my aspiration every day when I walk in and yeah. It's, it's great that, you know, it sounds like you were told some fake news <laughs> and you're not, and you broke through that and you're not going to subject others to fake news. You know, it's open what these children will become. And uh, that's a real, it's a real 
gift. And it's great that you had the bravery to see through that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, so we started with Johnny's saboteurs and we're sort of ending with, um, how do you pronounce your name, Emmy? Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, I got tired of having Mary Frances as a name, so I just shortened it. <laughs> Excellent. It's good to have a three-letter name. I can testify to that. <laughs> so I think um, I think we can end here, and uh, I'm delighted to have this wonderful conversation with you. Thank you for coming, listening. <laughs> <laughs>